What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and I wasn't planning on doing a mailback show this week. Uh, I just didn't think that I would have time to get to it because Curtis is still out of town with family for the holidays. Uh, I've had multiple Thanksgivings on different sides of the family to have to uh, attend, but I am two Thanksgivings down with one to go with, uh, with the other side of the family. And I had just a few minutes here, so I thought, why not dip into the mailbag and answer some of the questions you guys have been sending our way? It might not be much, I realize that, but I'm a man of the people, or at least try to be with this show, and I want to make sure I get to the questions that were sent in this week. Guys, we are incredibly thankful. I know it's just me today and Kirsten not here, so I don't want to speak for him, but in this case, I think I can. We are both incredibly thankful for every single one of our listeners, all of you out there taking time today to listen to the show and support us. And we definitely do not want to leave any of you hanging. So definitely dip into the mailbag here in just a few minutes. But first, just a couple quick reminders. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UJ. I don't always have anything wise to say, but uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the team, the season, how things are going. Uh, so don't be shy there. You can also email us. Uh, that address is podcast at gmail. Dot com. For some of our newer listeners, just want to make sure everyone out there knows that you can find us on a bunch of different podcasting platforms. We're on dogsportsradio.com. Uh, you can also find that on your in your app store. Uh, just type in Dog Sports Radio and bring up that app. You can find us there. You can also find us on some of the bigger ones, iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. We, and again, we really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Really do. Um, if you have a second, it'd be awesome if you also could rate and review the show. Kind of let us know what you think and uh, what you like about the show. Or maybe don't like it. It's definitely possible too. If you don't like the show, I hope you're not listening because... I don't want to put anyone through any pain there, but any rating review on your preferred platform would be awesome. We definitely appreciate that. But let's go ahead and get into the mailbag here. Got a couple questions this week. Now, a lot of people are out uh, doing family stuff. We got about uh, seven or eight questions here that I want to get through. Make sure we uh, we touch on what everybody is curious about during this Thanksgiving holiday week. And we're going to start with, uh, I think it's probably the, the biggest question that the Dog Nation is facing right now. I mean, we've got, we cannot look, look past Tech. We'll get to Tech here in just a few minutes. I've got a couple questions about the Tech game. But I know a lot of people are uh, thinking about the SEC title game, especially with the Iron Bowl coming up on Saturday with Auburn and Alabama. And Terry asked, uh, I know you said after the Auburn game that you wanted Auburn in the SEC title game. But with the Iron Bowl coming up on Saturday and with a few weeks to cool off after the loss, do you still feel that way Terry it's a great question I think a lot of people are are curious about uh what's going to be happening in this Iron Bowl because obviously that's the winner of that game is who we're going to be playing here and yes I I I definitely did say right after the Auburn game actually I said to my wife as I was walking back to the car out of the stadium there in Auburn that I want them again and a lot of people probably think that's crazy because like they just wiped the floor of this why would we want to play them again do you really think we have a chance to beat them we play them again and I, I that's a totally logical uh, stance to take I mean I you might be right if you think that you might very well be right uh, I, I would say I don't think that they're 23 or whatever points better than us, uh, whatever the final score was there. Uh, I don't think they're that much better than us. Uh, they might very well be better than us overall, uh, but I don't know if they're 23 points better than us. Like I said uh, with the Auburn recap, so I think they, they beat us because they dominated the lines of scrimmage, but they blew us out because we made so many uncharacteristic mistakes. And if we played, the, played them again, I don't think we would make all those mistakes again and give, give ourselves a, a fighting chance to win that football game. And 
I honestly, I still feel that I want to play Auburn again. And maybe that's a little bit selfish for me because I just don't want to wait another year to get our revenge on them, have to wait to next November. I want to get it now, get that taste out of my mouth. So maybe it's a little bit of selfishness on my side there. And, and But when it comes down to it, obviously, guys, I want what's best for Georgia. All right, I, I, And if, if playing Alabama is better for us, I would say let's play Alabama. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. I, I think if you still look at these two teams, Auburn and Alabama, I know we haven't played Alabama, so we don't have that that frame of reference to draw from. We played Auburn. We all saw how that went there. We got to remember that was, I mean, guys, Auburn in that game, they played the best game I've seen them play in five plus years. They played their absolute A plus game when we played like a D level game, by far our worst game of the season. So if we matched up again, not only would it not be on the road, they would have that hostile, crazy atmosphere there. They're not going to play their A plus game. They're not going to play as well as they did against us that first time around. And we're not going to play as poorly as we did the second time around. I'm not going to make all, or that first time around, and we're not going to make all those same mistakes. So I think it would be more of a leveling up. They, again, they might still be better than us. Maybe they will. But they're not going to play, at least in my opinion, I don't think they're going to be able to play at that same level. They were just off the charts, insanely good uh, that Saturday night, afternoon, whatever. Uh, I just don't think they're going to play at that level again if we've got a rematch of them in the Dome. I think we'll play, or not the Dome, I guess Mercedes-Benz Stadium now. Uh, but And I also think that we'll play a little bit better. But if you look at Alabama and you look at Auburn, like I said, I know we played Auburn already, so we kind of know how that turned out. We don't know how we're turning out with Alabama. But if you look at both those rosters, I still say that Alabama has the better overall roster. I mean, guys, this is still the same Alabama team that according to 247sports.com and their their recruiting rankings, which I, I prefer over anyone else because it's a composite rating, takes all the major services into account, whether it's Rivals, ESPN, 247, I guess formerly Scout, but they're part of 247 now, whatever. But if you look at the 247 composite ratings and the team rankings, Alabama has finished number one with a number one class seven straight years coming into this 2008 recruiting cycle. Now, or this 2018 recruiting cycle. Now, it doesn't look like they're going to finish number one right now. Uh, but seven straight coming into this year. And those are the guys that are on this Alabama roster, guys. Now, Auburn recruits very well, too. And they have some very talented players, as we all saw up close and personal there uh, a couple weeks back. But the Alabama roster is still overall better, guys. Maybe not in every spot on the roster, but overall, Bama still has better players up and down their rosters. And the thing for me is, the big thing here is the areas where Auburn is really good in the areas they were able to give us trouble, like the lines of scrimmage. Bama may actually be better in those areas than Auburn is. Bama may actually be better on the defensive line, give our could give our offensive line even more trouble than what Auburn's defensive front gave us. Bama might even I think Bama is better on the offensive line than what Auburn is right now, and, and could give our defensive line even more trouble. Now the one area where I think Auburn has an edge over Alabama is in terms of purely rushing the pass. They don't have a guy like Jeff Holland, Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson. Those pass rushers of the past couple years, those guys are gone. They have a couple guys that can fill that role, but with Christian Miller and some of those injuries I've had at the outside linebacker position, uh, they're not as good uh, of a pass rushing team as a, I guess, a natural pass rushing team as Auburn is. They have to generate uh, the pressure on the quarterback in different ways, which could open you up to some to, to getting beat down the field in the passing game. So I think that's maybe one area where Auburn has a slight edge over Alabama, but everywhere else, the things that Auburn was good at and gave us trouble with Bama is going to be better in those areas, with the exception of rushing the passer. Uh, and I know you, like again, so I know you. You can really say, yeah, well, we got physically dominated by Auburn in the, in, in in the trenches, and that isn't going to change in a month's time. I totally get that point of view. I've actually had that argument with uh, not argument, but just had that discussion with a couple of my buddies, and I get it. I mean, yes, they physically dominated us, and how can we expect that to change in one month's time? But again, playing Alabama does not solve that problem, guys. It does not. In fact. 
I really think Bama might have even more dominant players up front on the defensive line with guys like Deron Payne and Raekwon Davis. Those guys are freaking legit. I know Derrick Brown is really good. I know Jeff Holland's a good pass rusher, but Deron Payne, Raekwon Davis, Deshaun Hand, those guys are crazy good too. So I don't think it'd be much of a drop off at, or if any at all there. And yeah, I know that Alabama is thin on thin at spots on defense. You know, they got the injuries at inside linebacker, some of the injuries at outside linebacker. There's a chance sounds like Christian Miller, who got hurt early in this, I think that first game of the year against Florida State, sounds like he might have a chance to be playing in this game. Saban has not ruled him out. And if he might play in this game, there's a very good chance he, even if he doesn't make it into the uh, Auburn game, maybe he'll make it to the SEC title game. So uh, yeah, they, they're thin in spots. But again, all around, I think Alabama has more talent. Here's something that Alabama has, I, I think, is an edge over Auburn. Look, Jarrett is a good quarterback. Yeah, he did some things that hurt us. He's he's a really good player. He is. But Jalen Hurts, I don't want to say Jalen Hurts is more talented than Jarrett Sim as a passer. I think Sim is a better passer. But for what Alabama wants out of Jalen Hurts, the guy does everything Nick Saban wants. He gives them the running threat that that Auburn does not have with Jarrett Sim. He's a mobile-ish, but not like Jalen Hurts. You all know that if you've watched Alabama play, and I know you've watched Alabama play. But here's the thing that makes Hurts so good for that offense. With, with how good Alabama is running the football and how good they are uh, on defense, they need a quarterback that just, that protects the football. And that's 100% what Jalen Hurts does. Uh, Peter Burns, I think it was, from SEC Network, had this stat. I think I saw it on Twitter earlier this week. Guys, I don't know if you've paid it. I mean, Alabama hasn't had too many huge games this year outside of the LSU game, I guess a little bit there with Mississippi State. But I don't know if you know this, but Jalen Hurts – has thrown one interception in 200 attempts this year. One interception. And then he's got 9.1 yards per pass. That's crazy. And also give you an idea, like put that in even more perspective. So he's got one interception on over 200 attempts right now. So that means, okay, let's look at some other big-time quarterbacks across the country. Sam Darnold at USC has one interception for every 25 pass attempts, all right? All right, well, you know, whatever. Uh, or, well, I'm sorry, one turnover for every 25 plays. My bad. One turnover every 25. Baker Mayfield, one turnover every 81. Jalen Hurts, one turnover every 320 plays. That's crazy. That is crazy, guys. It, so, I mean, look, I, I agree if you say, well, Jalen Hurts is not a dynamic passer. He's not. He's not a dy- dynamic passer, but he protects the football and does everything Nick Saban wants him to do. And I think he might be the X factor in that game against Auburn. I, I think Auburn has a legit chance to win that game. In fact, I think he leaning their way. But Hurts gives Alabama something that Auburn does not have. They have that running threat from the quarterback position, and he just protect, he's so adept at protecting the football. So that's another thing to factor in here. And one more thing to think about when you're talking about should we root for Auburn and Alabama in this, in this Iron Bowl to play uh, in the SEC title game? Well, in a rematch, the losing side knows what they did the first time didn't work. So we're going to know when we go in the SEC game, if we're playing Auburn, we're going to know that we can't ex- really do the exact same thing that we did against Auburn the first time around and expect it to work because it didn't work. So we're going to have to make adjustments that the winner of the first game, in this case Auburn, might not be ready for. They're not going to exactly know what we're going to do. But on the other side, in the rematch, the winner of the first game, obviously Auburn in this case, they typically... They just kind of do what they did the first time around when the rematch comes because why wouldn't you? Why not? It worked the first time, so it would likely work again. It stands to reason, right? Which makes them a little bit easier to prepare for in the rematch because the, the, the side that lost the first time around pretty much knows what the what the winner in the first round or the first uh, matchup is going to do the second time around, which might not be the case with the losing side in that first matchup because they're probably going to try to make some adjustments because what they did did not work well enough to get the victory the first time around. So... That's something to think about here. And, like, if the talent discrepancy is pretty wide, all that doesn't really matter, right? 
But I just don't think that's the case with us and Auburn. Yeah, Auburn, I mean, they showed against us a couple weeks back. They have an advantage on the D-line versus Auburn's of line. That's pretty clear. We all saw that. But I think overall, there isn't a major talent discrepancy. So I think there's a legit chance for us to beat Auburn if we played them again. Uh, and in fact, I, I think I, that's probably what I'm reading for. And I think we have a better chance to beat Auburn than beating Alabama. And I, on the other side, I also get where someone might say, well, beating an undefeated Alabama team would be better for our playoff chances than beating a two-loss Auburn team, which would be a three-loss team after we beat them. Would, would beating Auburn in that rematch be enough to push us over a potentially one-loss Miami if they lose the ACC title game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So I, I get where you're coming from there, but in terms of like, what's the best matchup for us to win the SEC title game, I'm still going to go with Auburn. I, I know it sounds crazy considering what happened a couple weeks back, but I still think we have a better chance to beat Auburn than we would Alabama. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, next question here is from Kirk. Appreciate the question, buddy. Kirk asks, uh, he says, you only had this game against Tech at a six on your confidence meter on the preview show. Actually, thanks for listening, Kirk. Appreciate that. And then he goes on to ask, do you really think that they, being Tech, are capable of keeping it close against a top 10 team that is motivated for a variety of reasons? Kirk, that is a very fair question. This is a, If you look at this, the, the numbers here, this is a 5-5 five and five Georgia Tech team. We're a top 10 uh, team in the college football playoff rings. We have a lot left on the line here. Got to win this football game if we want the SEC a championship game to really matter at all for the playoffs. So we've got to win this game. I get where you're coming from. Are they really capable of, of keeping it close against a top 10 team? Why, why would I only have that at 6 on my confidence meter? Well, let me try to answer it this way, Kirk. I said last week, if you guys were listening to that, that with coming into the Kentucky game, I didn't think that Kentucky was as good as their 7-3 and record would suggest. I don't think they were as good as your typical 7-3 and football team. And that kind of played itself out. Uh, but on this this week with Tech, I think it's the opposite. I think Tech is actually a good bit better than their 5-5 five and five record would indicate. And that really hurts me to say because I, I freaking hate Georgia Tech. If you guys listen to the show, you know that. Uh, it hurts me to say that. But I do think they're better than what their 5-5 five and five record would, would probably tell you. They lost to Tennessee the first game of the year, which I know a lot of you watched. They lost to Tennessee, Miami, and Virginia by a combined six points. Tennessee game was obviously an overtime game. Lost Miami by one point. Really blew both the Tennessee and Miami games. Had no business losing either of those games. We're in control of most of both those games. They lose to Virginia by four. So lost those three games by a combined six points. Now they lost them. They lost them, right? But it's not like they're getting blown out there. Uh, and then if you look at their home uh, schedule this year, they're a much better home team than they are a road team. And most teams are that way. But Tech, it's a pretty wide difference here. They've won their five home games this season by an average of 18 points, including a win over a good, solid Virginia Tech team. Uh, and yes, uh, asking me, like, do I think they're capable of keeping it close against a top 10 team? Well, the answer is yes. They've already proven that they are capable of keeping it close against a top 10 team because they lost by one point on the road to Miami, who is currently ranked number two in the college football playoff ranks. And they, again, they should have they should have beat Miami. And looking back, uh, well, I wish they would have beat Miami, but it didn't happen. So yeah, this this Tech team, guys, I mean, they're not, I'm not going to try to make it out to be a world beater. They're not a great football team, but they are plenty capable of keeping this game close. And if you listen to the preview, the Tech preview show, eight of the last nine matchups have been decided by an average of 6.3 points a game. So these games have a, uh, a history of being close. And typically, I don't look at past results that has any bearing on, on this year because you've got two different teams. But when it's still Paul Johnson, it's still the Tech offense and how they like to run run things that's really, in my opinion, why it's why they're able to keep it close. So yeah, I think it's going to be, it's likely to be a pretty close game for most of the game. I hope I'm completely wrong there. We just blow them out. I just don't know if I see that. We haven't blown Tech out 
really outside of 2012 uh, in the past decade. We blew them out, what's 42 to 10 that game? But it's been a while. outside of that, that's it. They've all been close within a touchdown the past decade, pretty much. So, yeah, I think they'll keep it pretty close here. Hope it's I'm not right there. But because of that, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it at a six in my confidence meter. I wish I had more confidence. I hate them passionately, but a six sounds about right to me right now. Uh, all right, next question is from John. Preach the question, John. John asks, with how Fromm didn't really throw a long ball at or at all last night against Kentucky. I guess this coming back from the Kentucky game about a week ago. Even with the Kentucky defense being vulnerable to it and our line protecting well, do you think there's a lack of confidence in his abilities? Uh, John, I, I kind of touched on this a little bit on Twitter, but I'll dig into it a little bit more here. I, I don't really see it that way, and I could be completely wrong here. I don't think that the fact that we didn't really take any deep ball shots against Kentucky outside of, I mean, it was about 27-yard touchdown pass to John Williams. I don't know if that's really if that really constitutes as a deep ball. Um, but I think you're right. We didn't take many shots down the field. But I don't think that's a lack of confidence in Jake Fromm's abilities. We've taken plenty of shots down the field with him this year. I think, honestly, it was just a matter of not needing to. We were able to do whatever we wanted against Kentucky. And Kirby says this all the time. And, and it's an old football cliche. And I, as an old coach myself, not anymore, but years ago, uh, I kind of stuck with this as well. If you can run the football, there's no need to throw. If you can run it at will and do what you want on the football, why would you do that? Why would you throw the ball? Because there's just more bad things that can happen when you put the ball in the air than when you run the football. It doesn't mean bad things can happen when you run it. They do. But more bad things can happen when you put the ball in the air. So if you don't have to do it, why do it? Uh, so I really, I honestly think it's just a matter of not needing to do it in that game. Not, it's not so much that we didn't have any kind of confidence in Jake Fromm's ability. So we, we've had confidence in his abilities throughout the year. He's had opportunities to do it, and he's done a really good job for that most for most of the season. Now, we all know he missed that big throw to uh, Riley Ridley. It wasn't a terrible throw, but it wasn't on the money. Should have been a walk-in touchdown. He kind of missed that throw out a little bit too far in front of him there. Um, so, But outside of that, most of the season, he's done a really good job putting the ball on the money with those deep balls. So I don't think it's really a matter of a lack of confidence in his abilities. I think if we need to throw the football, we have plenty of confidence in him to put the ball in the air. Uh, next question here from Craig. Thank you for the question, bud. Uh, Craig asks, Mark Rick is a great human being, but should we as Georgia fans be rooting for Mark Rick and Miami to do well down the stretch? Well, very simply, no, we should not be rooting for Mark Rick and Miami to do well. I am going to be rooting my freaking face off for Miami to lose against Pitt, just like I was last week against uh, Virginia. It, look, I will forever love and respect Mark Rick undoubtedly will forever love and respect that man he's a rare rare individual and uh he personally showed some uncommon kindness to a nobody like me years and years ago so i will forever love the man i I think he's he's an incredible human being absolutely and i will always cheer for him when it has no bearing on us but that's just not the case right now what they do down the stretch of these last couple weeks very well could impact us the rest of the way. Now, we have to take care of our business. If we don't take care of our business against Tech and the SEC title game, it doesn't really matter what Miami does. Honestly, it doesn't. But if we take care of our business, we need all the teams ahead of us to lose. Now, I know what a lot of you are saying out there. Well, if we're a one-loss SEC champion, we're in no matter what. And I I would tend to agree that if we went out, we should be in a thousand percent. If we're a one loss SEC champion with a with an SEC title win over Bama or Auburn, two uh, top five teams right or top six teams right now, if we went out, we should be in. But emphasis on the word should because I have no faith in this college football playoff committee. The same this is the same committee 
that just had Miami this past week leapfrog Clemson in their rankings after a very uninspiring win over an okay Virginia team that had lost three of the last four coming into that Miami matchup by an average of 21.5 points because the committee was, quote, impressed by the way Miami was able to come back in that game. What? You're impressed by how they're able to come back against an average at best Virginia team? Let's just gloss over the fact that they were losing by a couple touchdowns for a, a good portion of that game. Yeah, that committee, I'm supposed to have faith in that committee to use logic and put us in as a one-loss SEC champion. If Miami's also a one-loss uh, a one-loss team but happen to lose that having to get their loss in the ACC title game against Clemson, I just don't know if I have faith in the committee to put us in over a Miami team. So basically, we just need to have all those teams in front of us lose. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And they're not all going to lose, but we need as many of them to lose as we can to give us as clear of a path as possible if we're able to take care of our own business. And again, we have to take care of our own business, but why would it be bad for us to have as clear of a path as possible? That's what we want. So because of that, yes, we should be cheering for teams in front of us to lose, including Miami. I love Mark Grick, guys. I do. But I love Georgia more. And that is unequivocally where my loyalty lies above all else. So, yeah, I, that's my answer, Craig. I mean, no, I don't think we should be rooting for Mark Kirk right now. Uh, next question here, uh, number question number five from Adam. says, I think Ben Cleveland needed this playing time against Kentucky for him to mentally break through and become a big piece to our offensive line. How do you feel he performed, and do you see him keeping his spot? I think uh, Cleveland, we touched on this a little bit with the uh, Kentucky recap show. I think he played really well. Uh, now, he didn't always know exactly what to do and who to block, uh, but when he's able to get under a guy, and that's the thing with Ben, like his, he's so huge. I mean, he's just a monster out there, just a physical specimen. But he doesn't, he, coming into to university here last year when he redshirted, he didn't have the best bend, the ankle flexibility, uh, wasn't f- overly flexible at all. So getting underneath guys was tough for him. Guys are getting underneath his pads and football, especially on the line of scrimmage, is all about leverage. But he's worked on that, and when he was able to get underneath the guy, uh, he was just pancaking folks, absolutely. But there were times where he didn't exactly know what to do. Uh, I do think I would like to see him become a little bit more intense on the field. That's hard to measure, but with a guy that size, if he became one of those mean, nasty dudes, kind of like... Uh, Oh, I don't know, David Andrews, Ben Jones especially of years past, those kind of guys, and, and match that kind of intensity and nastiness on the offensive line with his size and physical ability, he's going to be a man-child out there. Uh, just a, a beast from hell, absolutely. So I thought he played really well for being his first major significant playing time. Um, definitely has some room to improve. Uh, do I see him keeping his spot? I, I don't know. I, I think there's a really good chance he'll start this next game against Tech. I mean, he's definitely still getting reps with the ones in practice. Uh I, I can't say here and say for sure that he's going to be the starter against Tech. I think a lot. I mean, I believe Kirby when he says that really with every position determine he determines that by how people practice. So I don't know what's going on in practice this week. I don't know is he practicing better than Solomon Kinley. I don't know, uh, but I think there's a very good chance. Based, I don't think he. I don't think he did anything to hurt himself in Kentucky in the Kentucky game last week. I think, in fact, I think he helped himself. I thought Kinley played really well too. He answered the challenge very well. Both guys played well, so we'll see how practice uh, goes this week. And uh, I think they're both going to play. But there's a really good ch- uh, chance that Ben's going to start this game against Tech as well. Uh, next question here from Jamie. Thanks for the question, Jamie. So what's the over-under on how many times Greg McElroy is going to show his bias against Georgia when he calls the game Saturday? God, I, I feel bad for all of you that are not going to be able to make it down to the game and have to sit there and watch it on TV and listen to Greg McElroy call the game. Uh, look, man, uh, 
over under how many times is going to be biased against us? Look, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a professional. When it's on the air like that, when it's on his radio show, I don't think he's going to be overtly biased against us. And I might take a few subtle shots here and there. I, I, I feel confident he might take a subtle shot against Eason someplace, sometime there on the show. Because for whatever reason, he hates Jacob Eason. It's 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 really baffling. Going going all back to the preseason. Now, he loves him from Jake Fromm. He's, he's complimenting Fromm all season long. But part of that also is because that's the guy who took Jake, Jacob Eason's spot after Eason got hurt. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes some sh- some sort of you know backwards shot at East, like a, a kind of a backwards compliment, or he's kind of like complimenting from, but in the, in the process of doing so, it's, take, it's kind of slapping at East in there. Uh, I think he's going to completely gloss over how dismissive he was of us in the preseason. This is a guy that look if you had Florida as the favorite in the SEC East coming this season, that's fine. Like I mean, that's that's a legitimate thought. Uh, and look, and we can't all get him right. I'm not going to hold anyone against that. We, I mean, I don't get him all right. None of us do. But what I don't what kind of rubbed me the wrong way about Greg McElroy is how he was just so incredibly dismissive of the idea in the preseason that we had even a remote shot of one of the SECs. How dare you? How dare anyone deign to pick Georgia over Florida and his beloved Jim McElwain coming into the season? Oh my God, the, the Georgia defense is nowhere near as good as Florida. Oh, good one there, Greg McElroy. Again, like, I don't like to pick on people for that too much because we, don't, we all get them wrong. I get things wrong. We all do. But what bothers me is when you stick to your position. You're just so dismissive of any other thought, any other possibility uh, other than what you think is going to happen. So I don't think he's going to be overtly biased outside of maybe taking a, a subtle shot at Easton somewhere there. But, uh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be completely shocked if there was some bias in there somewhere along the way. When I watch that, when I come back and watch the game, uh, the replay of the game a couple times, I'm definitely going to have that game on mute and just watch it through because I'm just not going to listen to him. Just not going to do it. Uh, and last question here uh, from John. Appreciate the question, John. Uh, look, I have a soft spot for these guys in my heart, so I, I really appreciate this question, John. It says, with Christian Payne leaving this year, do you know of anyone who's going to get that position from the scout team or walk-ons? And, uh, and, and Kirby, look, he's been on record saying he doesn't necessarily love fullbacks. It's not that he doesn't think it's a valuable spot necessarily, but he would prefer to have a guy like a, a tight end who can also play H-back. You can do a lot of the same things that a fullback does that can also be a threat to catch the football more so than a fullback is. Uh, so, I, I, But I, I love these guys. They're a dying breed. They really are. I mean, back in my playing days, I played a little fullback, and God, I love the position. You're just, you're just a physical force out there just throwing your body around. I love it. And I love these guys. These just guys are kind of the heart and soul of the team sometimes. And Christian Payne has been a really good fullback force. I haven't seen the field as much this year, but he's been a good player for us for a long time. Uh, in terms of who's going to get that spot next year, I don't really know. There's a couple of options. Nick Moore is a guy who tried to play Major League Baseball for a couple of years, coming out of high school. But I think he's a junior now, so he's a senior next year. Uh, he, he could be that guy that could fill that spot. He's a big physical guy. Uh, also, uh, a freshman we signed this past year as a walk-on, Frank Sinkwich the fourth as a preferred walk-on. I think those would probably be the two bigger names that I, that I pinpoint right now. One of those two would be my odds-on favorite, but there's a lot of time left to play there. He might bring a preferred walk-on coming in this year that could take that spot. But I think Nick Moore, Frank Sinkwich the fourth would be two names to look out for there at that fullback position next year. All right, guys. Well, that does it for me here today on the Glory UGA Podcast. I know it wasn't much of a show, but had a little bit of time here. want to give back to you guys and make sure I didn't leave any of you hanging with your questions. Uh, so I hope it was uh, a little bit enjoyable here somewhat. I know it's weird again having you go solo here, but Curtis, trust me, he will be back. He'll be back in town uh, for the game, so he'll be back and uh, rolling with us on the Tech Recap Show. Hopefully we have 
some very positive things to talk about in that recap show. God, fingers crossed, man. I, like I said in the, in the tech preview show, it'll kill me if we lose to them back to back. I just, I can't take it. My heart, my soul can't take it. So let's just, uh, positive thoughts, guys. Positive thoughts. But uh, that does it for me here today on the show, guys. Really appreciate you listening. I'm Tyler. As always, go dogs.